anger and today we are in for something good something wonderful joining us today we have wonderful guests in the house please join me to welcome reverend david kola okay oh thank you so so much thank you so much for joining us and again tonight we are having our wonderful sister in our midst today join me again to welcome uh, Pastor Tutu Oshofowora. I'm waiting for them to join us. I can see they are with us. They are muted. Please unmute yourself and say hello to us. Thank you so much. Yes, I can see you, Ma. I can see you, hello. sir. It's good to be your miss. Thanks for having me. Good evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ma. Hello, Thank everybody you, ma. out there. Thank you. Thank you. We are waiting for uh, Reverend David Kola Okewo. We can see he's with us, but he's still muted. Reverend, we are waiting for you. Okay, if Reverend is not with us yet, good evening, we... everybody. Good ah, evening. good. We can see. We want to see you live. Show your face. Okay, while we are waiting for, for Just give me a moment, please. Okay, while we are waiting for reverence to join us, thank you so much, Ma, for joining us. I would like you to introduce yourself to our audience. I can see who you are here, but I want our audience to know you. <laughs> so that they will know that All you right. are not just a minister, but you are also in the in the business place. You are also a force to reckon with, and you are happy to help us as a family. Please introduce yourself, Ma. Okay, my name is Ade Tutu. I'm a relationship coach and marriage counselor. I think I've been doing it for about 27 years now, to the glory of God. Um, I deal strictly with relationships, all kinds of relationships, singles, married, and everything that has to do with relationship generally. I'm a minister of the gospel and a teacher of the word of God. That's who I am. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. And um, to our audience, yeah. I, 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 the program we had last week, you know, when I was going through the program, I saw her comment, I saw everything, and I told Pastor Kumbi, shout out to Pastor Kumbi, thank you so much for bringing this wonderful sister to our platform. And everything she was, I was like, no, I want to meet this woman. I want to know her more because <laughs> I think she has what we need on this platform. We don't just want to bring pastors. We know we are pastors. We want to bring people that actually, in the business life, this is what they do. And I was so blessed when uh, Pastor Kumbi told me that, ah, that is your area of uh, specialty. So, so, so honored to have you, Ma. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, Reverend. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ma. Reverend Kola, you are still. Reverend Kola, okay, well, we're still waiting for you. But while we are waiting for, for, for him, Ma, we can just start. So we, we know oh, when right, he joined us. We can just start because today, is another wonderful day we want to deal with and uh, want to talk about dealing with abuse man we know this platform is christian platform but we have noticed from our um reviews from things we've heard that christian we are suffering in silence with abuse because yeah. some of us we don't even know what we are going through is an abuse because mm -hmm. some of us we spiritualize this thing and our men our women we put it on that bible church stuff and we don't really do as people of the world see it we don't even when we see it we don't say it as it is we don't know what abuse is we don't know the signs the symptoms things that you can see that so we even take things like it's a normal thing is our culture is the way of thing we even take it as a patient uh, be patient that's what you learn when you are married all those things we want to get bigger understanding tonight and i was so blessed when i saw one of the questions from the platform that they want to know what is the meaning of abuse so I've oh, gone yes. through the dictionary many, I've looked into the internet. From your own experience, man, as a coach, what do you think abuse is? Because we don't know. Okay. When you are talking about abuse, basically, abuse is any form of action that is perpetrated against a person. Um, and that action can either cause harm or can cause imminent harm to that person's health, safety, well-being, or quality of life. So when you are saying abuse, abuse is anything you do to a person that can in any way affect the quality of life of that person, either emotionally, psychologically, 
or physically. Once a person is in an environment and in that environment, that person is being exposed to any form of action that can affect any of those cognitive domains, then the person is suffering from abuse. That's, that's, that's deep. So if even the way I talk, right, it can yes. be abusive. Even when, even when I'm gossiping about someone. Of course, it depends on the effect of that on that person. For example, we put a lot of emphasis on physical abuse, on yeah, domestic it's violence. Obvious. Because it's obvious. Yeah. But actually, physical abuse does not start with physical. Mm. Physical abuse most often than not starts with verbal abuse, emotional abuse. That's where it starts, really. By the time you look at a person and you use adjectives on that person that makes that person to feel little, that makes that person to feel worthless. For that, I can normally say it is men go through more of verbal abuse. Hmm. And it is as dangerous as physical abuse. In fact, sometimes it's more dangerous because sometimes it's easier for physical wounds to heal. Hmm. But emotional and psychological wounds takes a longer time to heal. Hmm. 10, 15 years time, the person is still suffering from the effects of that emotional torture or that psychological trauma. Hmm. Do you get it? It's yes, like somebody who was raped hmm. in about maybe a week, two weeks there, about maximum. All physical sign of that rape is over. Hmm. What the person is going to continue to battle with, if you do not, I mean, allow that person to get therapy and stuff like that, is the emotional trauma of, of that particular event. Even with therapy, for so many of them, 10 years down the line, they are still acting based on the emotional effects of what happened that time. So when you meet people that they are married and they are so afraid of sex, they are running away from their husbands, you get it. By the time you begin to dig and begin to find out, you realize that probably they were victims of rape hmm. or victims of sexual abuse. So somewhere in their mind, they have come to synonymize violence, pain, and torture with sex. So even though it's not the husband that wants to rape her, every time the man tries to approach her for sex, she doesn't see her husband in her mind. She sees the event of 15 years ago. Now, the physical signs, the physical wounds have gone a long time ago, but the emotional effect is still there. So when we are talking about abuse, it's much more than physical. It is any form of stimuli that a person is exposed to that can affect the health, the safety, the well-being, and the quality of life of that person. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, my audience, you are getting this thing without going to her, without paying any fee to see her. So please, jot it down. Please, and don't spiritualize it. Open your heart. You see, open your heart to receive and let Holy Spirit minister to you. Thank you so much, Reverend Kola Okeowo. We're happy to have you, sir. Thank you so much for having me. God if, bless if, you. Amen. If you You're can welcome, just briefly introduce yourself, and then uh, our sister, she has actually, you know, tell us more what uh, abuse is. If you can just chip in one or two things. If you think she has said it, we just move straight to the question, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. My name is David Kolaokewo, and I'm a minister of God. And... Um, into marriage counseling we've been doing that my wife and i have been doing that for more than 20 years now wow and actually that was i just finished one now that's why i came in late i apologize for that um so we thank god thank you for having me thank you sir so we were discussing about abuse and uh, our sister sister um tutu she has actually um told us what abuse is because some people, they don't know abuse. What I call abuse to some people may not be abuse to some people. So we just yeah. want to know from, she has just told us so much. If you want us to go ahead, we go ahead. If you think you just want to contribute one or two things, that's fine. Let's go ahead, please. I know there will be other times for me to come in. And um, so let's go on with the questions. Thank you so much. So the first question we have, please define abuse. What someone else calls abuse 
is normal to me how can i know when some something is abusive but i think ma you've you've told us what abuse abuse is and i think that has answered that question but for the part b how can i know when something is abusive because some people they don't what i call abuse some people they don't they grew up and it's a normal way of life like some people call me fat now if you call me fat to me i'm fat i'm fat but if you call some people fat it's a big word yeah they can underline they can shape it they can do anything they want to so if you want to just quickly touch it how can i know if something i'm experiencing is abusive should i go or when i okay let's reverend okay color okay we'll go first then man you can just because yes. really told uh, taught us about some things all right thank you very much i would rather look at it from um the signs instead of just maybe only defining uh because a definition may not necessarily cover everything like you rightly said for some people it may be because sometimes abuse can be addressed from an angle of culture environment and that's why some people even though they are in a, an abusive relationship because of their culture they do not see it as such they will overlook it they will reason it away in fact you will be surprised that those close to them will be the one um trying to tell them oh this is normal or maybe talk to a woman like that oh that's how men are things like that okay but then when you identify certain uh signs it might help you to say this is an abuse not necessarily in form of examples but in saying of these signs the things that come for example deliberate humiliation where you find where a relationship you are and there's deliberate constant humiliation constant uh, criticism or a situation where one's self-esteem is constantly being attacked on a regular basis, or you are in a relationship where there's unreasonable jealousy, things like that will always bring abuse, or you find your partner who is controlling, have a controlling behavior. All of this can be um, broken down more, but I'm just giving the, the points. But when you look at it, um, or where you find someone in that relationship trying to alienate you from your loved ones, trying to say, no, this one is not good for you. Don't go near this person. Don't go near the, all kind, just wants you. You know, it's what I call isolate to destroy. And it's, it's usually the trick of the devil. What the devil wants to do is to always isolate a child of God. Even when you are in sin, you say you are not worthy again, don't go to church. Oh, they have abused in the church. They have, they have mistreated you, don't go. There is no good church. Then you say, oh, I'm, I'm okay in my house. I'm okay with online this and that. What is the same trick he has been, he has been trying from the beginning of age to isolate the person so as to be able to hammer? So it's the same thing. Anybody that does that is following the, 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 the game plan of the devil. And that is to isolate, alienate. This is somebody you've, you know, um, the people that, let, let's talk about the woman, the woman, the, the family she loves, they love her, the friends, you know, and then the husband comes, a certain man comes and says, stay away from this person. Don't talk to this person. Don't talk to you. It could be a, a kind of um, abuse. So when, to answer that question, how do I know? So this is by no means exhaustive. This is by no means exhaustive, but these things are enough to help you and draw your attention to the fact that this could be an abusive relationship. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Isolation. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I, I want to say, Sister Tutuma, please, if you can just, if you have something, because as he was talking about um, isolation, things keep on coming to my head because I've seen people, sir. The, the husband is a minister of God and you can see the grace of God on your wife and they keep on attacking that woman that your wife, your family, your family. So with what you're saying, that lady did not see it as, a, as an abuse. It's just saying that you are not understanding. You are just frustrating me. He's, she, he's trying to detach her from her family because 
he knew that if her family is being detached, then he can have power, more power to control the woman. So yeah. this is why we need to discuss about because the, the, we, we don't see it as an abusive stuff. Go, growing up, we see it as being submissive to our husband. Your husband said, don't visit your mom. Then you sit down, you don't visit your mom. Your, your wife said, oh, this is what, no, 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 don't talk to me. So controlling, isolating. Thank you so much, ma. And let me just quickly yield the time for you, ma. You have um, one or two things to add to that, ma. Yeah. Um, the truth is that one of the first things we need to do is to try and renew the mind of people. What the Bible says is that as a man thinks, so is he. Philemon told us that without your mind, I can do nothing. Hmm. The first thing we need to do to people is to first make them to understand that this is wrong. This is not supposed to be. Because you see, even all these things that we have talked about, there are people who are going through it and they see it as nothing. Hmm. I used to joke when I talk to people online, I would say, for example, a successful marriage is not defined or is not evaluated by how long. So people come to me, for example, and then they say that, oh, because their parents have been married for the last 35, 40 years, and it was a successful marriage. You know, a successful marriage is not evaluated by how long. It is evaluated by how happily long. A lot of our mothers were victims of abuse. What happened is that they stayed. They stayed and they stayed for two basic reasons. Number one, they stayed because quite a number of them do not even know that what was being done to them was wrong. By virtue of tradition, by virtue of culture, they believe that is the way a man should treat his wife. You understand? So she stayed there. The second reason why a lot of them stayed was because of the children. But how you will know that it was abused, and that's where I'm going is that, you see, the average person knows when they are being abused. Hmm. Their mind is just not ready to accept it. Do you get it? Now, how you will know a lot of our mothers knew they were being abused is the moment any of those adult children should give birth, they leave that man and they go and stay there for one and a half years, doing no more so can somebody tell me why a woman who has been married for 35 years, if she was indeed happy, why did she leave her husband for one and a half years to go and say she wants to go and take care of a baby? Hmm. The truth of the matter is that at that time, that was her vacation. That was her escape route. Do you get it? Meaning yes. that instinctively somewhere here, she had always known that I am not happy. I was not enjoying myself, but there's just nothing I can do about about it do we get it so yeah. number one the truth of the matter is that everybody going through an abuse instinctively knows because you are not happy you know when you are not happy you may decide to accept it you may explain it away you may give yourself a thousand and one reasons why you should allow it but if you are not happy you know you are not happy Okay. So one of the very first signs is that objectively ask yourself, this relationship I am in, am I happy? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I want to be with this person? If I was sincerely given a choice and I'm not told it is bad, I am not told it's a sin. If I'm allowed to do what is inside of me, do I really want to stay here? Hmm. Do I want to stay with this person? Am I excited at the thought of being around this person? Do you get it? If a person asks those questions sincerely and your answer is regularly no, it is a kind of abuse you are going through that we don't know. You are going through abuse. Thank you. Now, what, what, what Reverend was talking about, we call it the power wheel. You understand? We call it the power wheel. When you have the issue of co and all these things, we must take note of it. They don't start after marriage. All of them start before marriage. All of them start before that relationship. We have the issue of coercion, whereby somebody is threatening you and telling you, if you don't do this, I will leave this relationship. And you are struggling within yourself that, oh, how, I don't want to do this, but this person is just threatening me. You understand? We even have what is known as minimizing. I believe the cases where by somebody does what is bad to you, 
And then the person is trying to convince you that it is your fault. If not that you did this, I wouldn't have done this. You know I love you now. It is when you do this, that is what makes me to do this. Pushing the guilt and the, the, the responsibility of his or her action on the other person. And the person is wondering, am I okay? What is wrong with me? Is it really my fault? Oh, maybe it is my fault. So all these things, once they are there and you realize that your mental health, even if not physical, but your mental health is at stake, then we, we not know the name of the abuse, but abuse is, is, is going on. Thank you so much. I, I, I've got two questions from the platform. Please let me okay. go to the platform to say hello to people from the platform. Uh, thank you so much because by the time people start to join, I mean, lose um, some of our early people. Uh, thank you so much, Mommy Kumbi. Thank you. Uh, Obenga, thank you so much. Angie, thank you, thank you. Uh, Rodipo, I'm grateful. Thank you for joining us. Sister Lid Lydia, my sugar, thank you. Ah, uh, my uncle, Sake, thank you so much. He even said abuse can be both ways. Yes. So when we are talking about abuse today, we are not only focusing on men, we are focusing on both sides. We've seen we've seen examples where some men they are actually abused. It's so terrible. We we, we know that. So we are not really focusing on one particular side. We are just talking on a general term. So when we are talking about a woman, please put in put in and uh, put that um, scenario as a, as a man as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we go to the next question, if we can quickly go through um, the two questions from the platform. I know that when um, you are saying that if you are not happy in that, in that relationship, so some people, so I've got the second question that says that, should you always be happy in relationship? Does unhappiness mean abuse? If unhappiness does not mean abuse, but I think you will try to, you know, because you said, if you're not happy, What's, uh, I don't want to answer that for you, but I understand what you're saying, Ma. So you will answer that question because you said if you are not happy in that relationship, that question is like, so if I'm not happy in my marriage, does that mean I've been abused? No, it's not. But from the con consent you are, the, the content you are trying to speak from, you can help us to e explain that. And the second question there, uh, I've got another question from the platform. Why is it that the church does not address abuse? And it appears to be covered under respect and submission. I think I will throw that to Reverend David. <laughs> why? Why is church very silent on that? Why are they not speaking up? Why are we covering it up under submission? And if man, you can just respond to the second one that unhappiness in marriage does he actually mean abuse? One more okay. minute. Let's it do one more minute because we are almost seven thirty now, and we still have more to do, man. Thank you. It depends. It depends on the frequency of the unhappiness. Okay. Life throws different things at us. So when when you say you are not happy, the question is that if you are in a relationship and every single day you are not happy, I don't need to tell you that there's something wrong. We cannot always be happy because different things happen to us. Do you get it? But if you're in a relationship and every time on a regular basis, you are sad, you are not happy, you are not balanced. Every time you think about that relationship, you see what the Bible makes us to realize is that peace within your walls and then prosperity in your palace. Do you get it? God expects us to have a healthy atmosphere and environment around us. So if regularly you are not happy in a particular relationship, something is wrong with that relationship. You are not supposed to be regularly sad and regularly afraid in a relationship. Perfect love, scripturally, is supposed to cast out all fears. So when I'm with somebody who loves me that I love, and the two of us are following the principles of God about relationship. In fact, what is supposed to bring problem, the Bible told us in any house, the Bible told us the three things that attacks a house. It says the rain will fall. It says the wind will blow and the storm will come. If you look at those three um, factors, they are all externally generated factors. And they are all factors that you don't have power over. Do you get it? So under normal circumstances, God does not expect us to be causing pain and sadness to other people. 
So my sadness is not supposed to be coming from my partner. If there are issues, there are supposed to be externally generated issues that comes against the house. But if the issue is regularly coming from my partner or from me, then it simply means that something is not being properly done in that relationship. Thank you, Ma. Thank you so much for that contribution. And if I may add, Ma, you know, some people, like you said, it may not even be the spouse, Ma. We've seen situation that it's not even the spouse that is the problem. It's the person that is the, the problem. They find it difficult to let go of their past. And they are making their spouse to suffer. And they don't want to let go. In the, so it's both ways. So, so that, that person is the one making the other person. Exactly. So, so, it's, so, so when you are not happy, I think what you're saying is that we should look inward ourselves and look for the source of that unhappiness. When you are it able may to... Not, it, may not, it may not be inward with you alone. The yeah. source of your happiness may also be from your partner. Okay. Do you get what I'm going to say? Yeah. It could be from you because you are not emotionally balanced. Do you get it? So yeah. you are the one that is giving your, your other person a lot of issues because of expectations that are not reasonable. And then you are making demands that are not realistic and you are causing problems because you have emotional issues. Do you get it? Like yeah. somebody now is insecure and is monitoring his partner every time. Every call must be logged and we must know who called you and what you are discussing with the person. The person is giving emotional trauma to the partner. So what I'm saying is that whether it is coming from within you or it is coming from your partner, if there is regular issue with the emphasis on regular, if there is regular issue, regular trauma, regular lack of peace, something is wrong. Where it is coming from, we may not know, yes. but something is wrong in that relationship. There is abuse in that relationship. So we need to now sit down and find out where is the problem coming from so is it possible if i can ask question from your answer is, is it possible for you yourself to be abusive to yourself is it possible ma yes okay what did you say ma is it possible for you what did you say ma is it can you hear me ma can you hear I can me help you now so is it so is it possible I can for, hear you. for like me now is it possible for me to abuse myself is it possible of course we have people that have because when it comes to the issue of abuse they have psychological issues. Do you know there are people who harm themselves? There are people who cut themselves. Do you get it? Yeah. So when we are not getting into the issue of psychological issues, mental issues, it is possible for you to harm yourself. Even though that action will also be affecting your partner. But the issue is that once there is a regular lack of peace, lack of joy, regular situation that affects the person's health, something is wrong. We now need to sit down. Our work, for example, as counselors is to diagnose. That is why we don't assume. So you now sit down, you look at the situation and you find out where is the problem coming from? Is it personal? Is it internal? Is it from outside? But once we have a regular problem, something is wrong somewhere. Thank you so much, Ma. Uh, we'll check it on the platform if we have another question. Um, Reverend, yes. over to you, Church. Why are you quiet? Why are you not preaching about abuse on the altar? <laughs> um, the, the, the fact, first of all, I would I always hesitate to generalize when it comes to the body of Christ. I always hesitate. It depends on where you are coming from. It depends on your your church where you are exposed to. That's number one. Number two is, there are some teachings that we may not necessarily, you know, use that word abuse. But there are some teachings as you grow in Christ. For example, when first Peter, first Peter say, treat, with, treat your wife with knowledge. Treat her or else you will find your prayers being hindered. There are certain things that as Christians, as Christians, as you grow, there are certain things we should know. There are certain carnalities that should be dealt with in our lives. It may not be a topic like this, dealing with abuse. It may not have that kind of banner headline. But yes, you may also proceed that there are certain issues that are deficient in certain churches, right? Issues, 
practical issues that will help people, okay? There are certain issues. Let me also add that even where you find teachings like this going on, what I've observed about marriage counseling is that women respond more than men. Again, that's a very, it's a, it's a, <laughs> they lose generalization, but that's in my own experience in marriage counseling. In marriage programs, you organize a seminar, more women, and the danger of that is you find out that without, I'm not giving a scientific research, but again, I'm talking about, about more than 20 years in this marriage counseling, that you find, I, 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 I say this very carefully, but believe me, I will generally say that you find that more women are more prepared for marriage, are more knowledgeable about marriage than men. I'm into men ministry, so I know. They are more, men, I'm, not, I'm not giving an absolute statement, but on a general basis. Why? Because it is the women that, that even culturally, in some homes, in the Yoruba culture that I come from, you find that is the girl child that has been taught from, from little do this and the boy is busy playing football outside and the girl is the one that says, hey, you are going to your husband's home, oh, know how to cook, know how to do that. The sense of responsibility have not been taught to the boy child. So by the time the girl child has grown to the time of marriage, there are certain knowledge and maturity that she has. A lot of issues that we deal with, are some of them are part of immaturity of the man. So when you find churches organizing um, marriage issues, discussions about this, you find less men attending than women. And you know, relationship is about two people. Two people. So even if the woman knows everything about this and the man doesn't, that, 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 that is a problem. That is going to be a problem. Now, finally, what I just want to say on that is the fact that um, um, we have to be careful because in, in churches, some people, the problem is um, the solutions that people give so the abuse is what scares some, and then they turn it into doctrinal issues. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. The solutions, okay? I wish, I hope that we'll be able to get to, to that point, especially in this era of talking about abuse. What should be the biblical solution to abuse? And because a lot of people are ready to throw away the bathwater and the baby, some churches are trying to avoid get into that controversy. Because if you abuse, do this. If you abuse, do that and all. And that's what is being thrown out. What are the yes that abuse? Lots of them. And like uh, the woman of God said, you may not want to admit it. Some don't even, some even think that is the way of life. They, are, they have not bothered to sit back. And so if you are, what is the solution? Is it the easy way out? Is it this and that? I hope we'll be able to get to that. Thank you very much much i i hope um our audience i hope uh, if if you think uh, reverend has answered your question please let us know <laughs> if he has not we'll go back to him after the program because i'm looking at the time thank you so much for that response so i'm going back to my second question uh the second question says ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 and others um other talks about long suffering in the bible when does long suffering cross over to abuse you know, this is the biblical scripture that even when you are, I know growing up, my parents taught me something. So you have that mentality that whatever you are going through in your husband's house, you're learning from, you should learn from it. As much as I can with my experience by the grace of God, 17 years in marriage, I learned some stuff. Yeah. I see them as learning and, I, and it makes me to be more mature, right? Than what I used to bring into the marriage. But sometimes it's not about learning. Sometimes it's about abuse. It's not about long suffering. Sometimes what people face in their marriage is about someone is just 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 see the culture as a way that yes, I have arrived and I'm going to now use all the power the culture has given to me 
and the woman cannot talk so at what point or the man cannot talk i've seen women dealing with their men like you you think you are a man you need see all these uh, verbal abuse that we know you know they are very subtle and they are not like physical but because physical is more pronounced because you can see it you know physically but words and this peculiar to we women and some men too you find you find it difficult sir reverend that some men when they talk <laughs> you you won't forget those things for years so it's it's on both sides so how can we as a christian and the bible is talking about love suffering how do we know that what we are going through in this family is no longer doing what the bible says the fruit of the spirit that is a long suffering this thing is abuse and if we don't treat it as, as abuse if you are treating it as long suffering then we won't get any solution thank you thank you ma you see this is exactly uh, some of the things we are talking about we must understand scriptures and put it in context nobody's against long suffering the bible has said it we can't throw it out but long suffering does not mean i should fold my arms and not do something about it hmm. so okay something is going on we have just talked about the solution now so if i'm experiencing an abuse okay should i even let's let's talk about other things let's put abuse aside for a moment the Bible talks about long suffering. So I'm going through certain things in my life. And the Bible talks about perseverance and long suffering. Okay? So we're not talking about abuse now. I've checked my scripture. It says I should have long suffering. Now, what should I do? Does long suffering mean I should fold my arms and oh. just be waiting? Hmm. No, that's not the meaning of long suffering. Long suffering says, yes, stay, but take actions, it could be prayer, it could be fasting, it could be counseling, it could be mentoring, whatever. As you, as you suffer long, you are taking certain actions in that situation. So yes, you are supposed to, Ephesians chapter four, you're supposed to do long suffering, but then seek help as you suffer long. Seek help, pray about it, ask for knowledge, go for mental, go for counseling, Yes, I'm still doing long suffering, but that doesn't mean you should just fold your hands and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm. the Bible says long suffering and throw your hands up and allow things to just go the way they are. No, no, no. It's not a question of uh, it has crossed over. It's not about crossing over or not crossing over. It's about where you find yourself in a situation. Yes, you, you, you suffer long, but you take actions that are commensurate to the situation you are facing, finding yourself. That is just as simple as that. Thank you so much. And the action you take, we, 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 we reduce the time, right? It eliminates the, the suffering, right? So that means there is, there is an expiring date to that long suffering. So your, your action gives us the expiring date. Thank you so much, sir. I, I, I want, <laughs> I want uh, Sister Tutu, Pastor Tutu, Coach Tutu, all of the names, anything I call you, man, forgive me, man, right? I would have wanted to, to, to say something, but I need you to deal with another topic here because I know it's your, it's your area, man. And question five, because I think Reverend has talked about the long suffering. So I, I will be pushing the, the pastoral one to, to Reverend. <laughs> and I'll be pushing the other one to you, man, so that we can have um, a good bit of... Um, what you have for us today now um one of the questions says i do not want to embarrass in this is what we have ma in the family you you've told us that we know that if you are if you have been abused you know something is wrong so this person know that something is wrong i do not want to embarrass him how can i deal with abuse without hearing our dirty lining in in open you know to them you have to cover your shame you know, you know something is wrong in your home. Don't pukpukwa chocolate and salon or something like that. So it's part of what they taught us as we are going to. So whatever that happens in your family, even on the altar on that day, they will say, no, don't, no third party, all those things. So sometimes we change it our own, we extend it, we we big so much on it and something is wrong, we keep quiet. Just because we keep on reminding ourselves no third party, Boba Chocolate and Salon, your Ecology, all those things. That is why some people, they just keep quiet for peace. So what would, what will, will you advise this person to do? I do not want to embarrass him. How can I deal with abuse without hearing our dirty lining in open? 
All right. The first thing I would like to say is that since this is a Christian platform, yes. and we are talking about Christians, then we need to understand one thing. It is the word of God you are supposed to follow. In fact, the reason why we are having issues is because people are not following the word of God. They are following traditions and culture. Absolutely. Do you get it? What the Bible tells us is that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Another thing we need to understand is that a lot of Christians, I say it everywhere that I go and religious people have issues with me when I say it, because I will tell you that a godly marriage is not a Christian marriage. Hmm. We expect a Christian marriage to be godly, hmm. but a godly marriage is not a Christian marriage. Why? Very simple. Because the word of God is not, the Bible is not a Christian book. Hmm. The Bible was not written for Christians. The Bible is the everlasting principle and the eternal counsel of God. Anybody that obeys any part of it, it will work for that person. And that's why if you read Romans 2.14 in message, the Bible said, if outsiders, even though they do not have the knowledge of God, if they do the will of God, are you following us? They prove to us that the counsel of God is not an alien thing, but it is woven into the fabrics of our being, hmm. telling us the good and the bad of God, telling you that unbelievers can actually obey the scriptures. Hmm. Are you following me? Yes. So if you meet an unbeliever who understands these principles of God and obeys them, the person will have a happy marriage on earth. He or she will go to hell because he did not obey the path that has to do with everlasting life. And if you meet a Christian with all the tongues and whatever, who refuses to obey these principles of God. The person is going to have a miserable marriage. He will go to heaven because he has obeyed the one that is in charge of everlasting life. That's why Psalm 78 verse 64 told us, he says the priest of the temple was slain, but their widows did not mourn. Telling you marriage does not respond to anointing. It responds to principles. Because they were priests of the temple, they were pastors, they were ministers. But when they died, their wives did not mourn. It was good riddance to bad rubbish. Because the person understand the principles of ministry, he did not understand the principle of marriage. So his church members will like him, but his spouse will not, because he's not doing the right thing. Why am I saying all these things? A lot of the things we talk about among Christians concerning marriage, they are not the scriptures. They are the tried. I say it everywhere. There are four enemies of relationship and marriage. It is culture, tradition, stereotype, and religion. And when those things come together, it makes us not to do the proper thing. So what did the Bible tell us? The Bible told us in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That's what the scripture says. Do you get it? So if you find yourself in a situation in your home whereby things are not going properly, things are not working, you have tried to solve it within the scope of your own ability, knowledge, and information. But for whatever reason, it is not working. You are supposed to reach out for help. Strength is not the ability to be strong every time. Strength is the ability to recognize what a situation demands for and do it. It is not weakness to ask for help. It is wisdom to ask for help when you know that you are unable to help yourself or you are unable to handle the situation. So for that person, it is tradition that tells you, I don't want to expose him. No. If you have not been able to handle that situation by yourself properly, then you need to reach out either to your accountability figures. For example, how can you have a pastor in your church like Reverend? And then you are telling me you don't want to expose him. You are supposed to expose him. Go and tell your pastor, my husband is doing this and he's doing that. My husband is misbehaving. I have 
tried to talk about it. We have had many meetings, but he is not changing. Maybe we have a knowledge gap because the Bible tells us one thing. The Bible says the labor of the fool, we wear thing. Why? Because he does not know how to enter into the city. Meaning that labor without skill leads to frustration. The fact that you are trying does not mean you will get the results. Mm. Your labor will not bring any result until it is mixed with knowledge and information. So you may be laboring, but if you are not laboring with the right information, you will not get the desired result. So you need to take it to the people that has information, skill, and knowledge. The moment they give you the truth and you begin to implement that truth, everything settles down into place. That's the work of accountability figures, the work of pastors, the work of professionals, the work of counselors. And the Bible backs them up because it says when they are in their multitude, you are safe. Mm. So that lady should stop being traditional. Do not keep quiet. When you know you cannot handle it, reach out. Only make sure that you do enough research to reach out to the necessary quarters. Mm. You reach out to the people that can offer solutions. Are you following me? For example, it is not all pastors that can handle marital situation. Yes. We need to understand that not all pastors are good counselors when it comes to marriage. So your own pastor may not be good, but make research. It's like when you want to go into business. I cannot just start business, crying out loud. I'm a minister, I'm a counselor. So if I don't want to get burnt by business, I should make research for people who are business gurus and then hand over my money to them. The same thing that woman should do. Oh, thank you so much. I think we are blessed with that. So don't die in silence. Don't keep quiet. Don't, please. The, 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 reason, the reason why the abusing is, go, is increasing in the Christian dorm is because we are keeping quiet. Start yeah. exposing it. Don't hide it. Expo when you expose it, you are saving the life of that person. You are not even killing the person because the person will not have any hiding place. And in the multitude of advice, like she said, God can help the person. Even maybe the person is a victim of his past. God can help the person to just come out of that and become better because God did not create evil people. Thank you so much, Ma. And uh, this will take me to the next question. And this will go to the Reverend. Uh, Reverend, I have tried to tell people that my wife abuses me, but they think I am a weak husband. She beats me and slaps me when she is angry. Help. What can this is so this one is specific? How can you help? And if you, you twist it to a woman too, that the husband is the one doing it. This one is the woman who. And I'm, I'm sure it's not a lying thing. We've seen situations whereby women they, they beat their husband. Mm, mm. Yeah, thank you very much. There, there are situations like that that um, you find women being the one that um, is aggressive or you know does the, the violence, does the abuse in this way, does the physical abuse. Um, we understand, of course, we have established that there are all kinds of abuses. There are all kinds of abuses, the physical, the emotional, sexual, and all of that. You know, so in this case. Yes, is the woman. How does the man? Um, for me, we can we can give vast uh, solutions, and but you know, every situation, every case has its own peculiarity. Hmm. What has led to that? What has what has brought? Um, we can just give knowledge and say, oh, do this and all of that. For example, some of the solutions proffered here can be used. We have talked about counseling, multitude of counselors approach someone, talk to, to someone, and then the counselor will ask you, you know, I always try to separate symptoms from root causes. A lot of people deal with symptoms, they, they don't deal with the root cause. They don't go to the root. They don't go to the root. So he has just told us now the symptom. It happens, he, she abuses me. What is the root? I will suggest without just trying to give um, abstract um, um, solutions as it were, I will suggest for this man to actually approach counselor, qualified counselor and, and dig deep, dig deep into what has brought them yeah. to that point. And then they will be able not to deal with the symptom, 
of, oh, if your wife abuses you, if your wife slap you, then do this. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's surface. If, if your wife, if your wife, uh, then I don't want to go into maybe it is this that you are doing, maybe it is that that you are doing. No. If your wife, what, what will lead a wife to begin to smack the man? Let's deal with the, 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 with the, with the root causes. I have, definitely, this is not in any way justifying what the woman, absolutely not. I'm just saying for us to get an effective uh, solution, there's a, cost. there's a cost to it. And let him thank, thank God for what the woman of God, it is, it is, it, I just talked about isolate to destroy. It is the mm. strategy of the devil that makes you to say, keep quiet, don't talk. Yes, sir. Keep quiet, just suffer is the strategy of the devil. The question, of course, is be careful. And, and the woman got balanced it very well about know who to approach. But please, skipping quiet is not his answer. Keeping quiet is not the answer. So approach, but prayerfully know who to approach, who, who can deal with this matter, and the root cause will now be dealt with. The same time we go. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. I'm looking at the time. We have seven more minutes. We yeah. <laughs> to have you next month. This is how this is how the time just go on the platform. We won't know. Masa, are, you, are we able to have the next month so that we can have part B so that we can do justice? I see. I have so many questions. I've not gone through. So, so them, ma. you'll be available next month. Let's just do two more. Let us do two more. And if we have anyone on the platform, we will stop the one we have already and we we'll quickly deal with the platform one. So there's another one here, and this will go to you, ma. Uh, people cause everything abuse these days. And you need to endure some hardship sometimes. How can I convince someone that they are they have been abused, that they are they don't see it? Like someone that is in abusive relationship, that person did not see because to them is a normal way of life. But to this person, it's looking at it, that this is not normal. It's not good. So how can they convince someone that is going through abuse and the person is not seeing it as abuse? How can they help? So that is that question. All right. One of the major reasons why a person is going through abuse and does not see it as abuse has to do with self-value, self-worth. Do you get it? Identity. Hmm. If you do not know your value, if you do not know what to stand for, are you following me? You will fall for everything. Yeah. So when you see people that are going through abuse and do not see it as an abuse and they just see it as the most normal thing, it simply means that something along the way has destroyed the self-worth, the self-value and the identity of that person. I normally tell people that what identity does for you is that it sets boundaries for you. Hmm. And it lets you know what you can take and what you cannot take. For example, now, because I know my size, if I go to the market and somebody even gives me a size 12 clothes for free, I will not accept it. Even though it is even free. Why? I know I am not a size 12. So identity and self-value and self-worth helps you to know what fits me, what does not fit me, what I should allow, what I should not allow in my space. So when you have somebody around you like that, that is going through such a situation and the person does not know, particularly if you are lucky and it is not a life-threatening abuse, what you should just do for that person is that, Stop trying to convince the person eh, that that situation is an abuse. Mm. Begin to work on the mental state of that person. Begin mm. to work on the self-value of that person. Begin to make that person to know this is who God says I am. Mm. Are you following me? You are polished after the similitude of a palace. You mm. are the apple of God's eyes. Mm. You are worthy. This is the plan of God for your life. Send confessions to that person. Create, we call it the Pauline prayers that talks about the level of the mind. The Bible says, when, my pastor will tell you that you do not reply thoughts with thoughts. You reply thoughts with words. Are you following me? Because the Bible says when it comes to your mind, it says cast down every imagination 
and everything that tries to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God and bring to captivity every thought to be to the obedience of Christ. Send confessions about the mind to that person. My eyes of understanding are enlightened. I know the will of God. My heart is strong. It pants after righteousness. You see, the moment the person begins to be exposed to hmm. that regularly over time, hmm. I normally tell people, if a dog has tick, it is counterproductive to be removing the tick one by one. It's wastage of time. What should you do? Get the drug for tick, pour it in water, bait the dog with that water. The moment that dog is fully covered with it, the tick will fall off one by one. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. The moment you can help that person to develop a paradigm shift and a change of mindset about themselves and they begin to value themselves without telling the person, the person will recognize that this does not fit me. Yeah. I am more than this. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And this is what the platform is all about. The platform is all about your identity, knowing yourself. You see, yeah. when you know yourself, other things will follow because you will set boundaries. There are some things you can't even venture into. There are some things that will not even come closer to you. And that you said it, man. That is just the simple truth. In fact, for us to go through all these abusive things you're talking about, know yourself. When you know yourself, nobody can abuse you. Even when you go through yeah. abusive situation, because you know, you know your what identity, to do. You will walk yeah. around it. You will turn it around. You walk around it. You turn it around. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Let me let, let me ask you this um, last question before we we go. Then you will give us um, your concluding um, statement today, and Ma. So thank thank God we are seeing you next week. So we won't do much. <laughs> so happy. So happy. So happy. Um. Um. Number seven of this question says. My abuse is not physical. It is emotional. I always feel low and worthless after my husband finishes talking to me. How can I get help from with emotional or verbal abuse? Nobody believes me because he is very nice person outside. Mm. See? Mm. This thing is very common, sir. I've seen pastor. Mm -hmm. Thank you, ma, for saying it. it has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. Real spiritual brother, sir. If they are different in church and they are different at home. At home, they are lion, not the mm. tribe of Judah. Every, <laughs> other thing, every other thing doesn't work. So that is this question, sir. Reverend, revolt. Let me, tell us. Let me quickly say this. Um, that man is dealing with some issues. Hmm. Number one, he's dealing with insecurity. Number two, he's dealing with low self-esteem. He's also intimidated by that woman. Wow. In fact, I can use the word fear. He fears the giftings and the abilities of that woman. Preach it. So he has to, the way to fight back is to try to diminish Destroy her. Herself -esteem. Destroy yeah. her self-esteem, self-worth, and everything. Um the what is the solution it is a bit of all that we have talked about number one the identity the woman knowing herself and refusing to allow this but you see let me quickly say this the thing about marriage it's what i've just said is easier said than done you know why because the words keep hitting every day the words will keep hitting her every day. So she has to really deal with it because the words, you don't know how many times in a day the, the man is telling you, you are, you, are even, you are even not beautiful. You are even not this. Look at who you are. And then you find a very intelligent woman, a very intelligent woman coming to ask you, and begin to say something like, I don't even know anything. Where did you hear get that from? And my husband always said that I don't even know everything, anything. Now, because she has continually had that, the next time she's talking to you, she's saying, Well, maybe I don't. She's beginning to doubt herself. Believe it. Yeah. 
is beginning to believe it. And bottom line, it is very most likely he doesn't love her. So yes, how, do you, how do you deal with it? It is by the words. Again, washing of the water by the word. Knowing who you are and continually pumping yourself. And also, um, I call something wisdom for presentation. Oh. Wisdom, the kind that Abigail had when he was talking to David. David would have just chopped her head off. But there's wisdom, which is something a lot of women, and actually everybody, but particularly women should have with their husband, wisdom for presentation, all right? This should be prayerfully um, addressed, addressed, addressed with, after, but he, she also herself must begin to understand and begin to, to fight back with words, fight these things back, Finally, what I would also say and advise is her association at that moment matters a lot. What she hears. Support systems, very support good. Systems yes, sir. Is very, very, very important. That she must be very sensitive and very careful and particular yeah. about what yes, she hears even outside. Praise God. Thank you yeah. so, so much. We are blessed. In fact, we, we've spent more than one hour now. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's like we should not stop, but I want us to stop so that we can we can have more next time. Thank you so much, Ma. I need you to give us like your conclude um, your conclusion statements and um, what we need to look forward. And after you, sir, you will give us your conclusion statements and you will pray for homes going through one abusive um, situation or the other. Over to you, Ma. Thank you so much. What I would like to say is that it's important that we change the narrative. What we do a lot in a lot of marriages is damage control. Mm. And often it doesn't work because the foundation has been destroyed. And what the Bible says is that if the foundation is destroyed, there's nothing the righteous can do. So the advice I would like to give everybody is that for us to have a permanent solution to marital situations, we need to start making sure that it is the right kind of marriages that are being contracted. One of my strongest scriptures on marriage is Matthew 19, 11, in message. It was Jesus that was talking. Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. He says, if you have not grown into the largeness of marriage, he says, don't do it. Hmm. So you see, we need to begin, like Reverend said, if we are going to destroy a tree, we cannot remove the fruits. It's an exercise in fertility. We must go to the root. If we are going to begin to have marriages that look like what God desires, we must begin to make sure that it is only the kind of people that should marry that we are allowed to marry. And that's the work of the church of God when it comes to premarital counseling. We need to understand that we must stop joining people because they want to marry. You do not marry because you want to marry or you feel you are old enough to marry or you desire to marry. You marry because you have acquired the capacity to handle marriage. When we begin to do these things, we will realize that we will have less marriages that we need to do damage control for we have more healthy relationships, more healthy marriages, because actually the presence of fake is the evidence that the original exists, because mm -hmm. fake is the adulterated form of the authentic, meaning that there are marriages that are succeeding, there are good marriages out there, and it is because the right foundations were laid. It's time we begin to lay the right foundations so that we can get the desired results that was originally in the mind of God, from the beginning. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Ma. God bless you. Over to you, Reverend. Yeah, I, I want to give hope to everyone or anyone going through abuse. Hmm. I, I want to assure you by the word of the Lord and by the grace of God that there is a solution, there is a way out. God is able. Hmm. It is not the end of the world. But the grace and the enablement to one identify the solution and then to take action 
May the Lord give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The prodigal son had every reason not to go back to his father. If he talked about shame, if he talked about, oh, what will people say? But he got to a point and said, I will arise. He didn't just say it, but he was ready to take the necessary action. He could have stayed there and begin to dream and wish and hope and all of that. But not only did he say, I will arise, he actually arose and took the step. So yes, there is hope for the tree. Even if it be cut down, it will sprout again. But the grace and the ability to take the necessary step to deal with the abuse, may the Lord give Amen. them in the name of Jesus Christ.